0: I feel like I took a risk going into the Wawa. That's like the first time that I've walked into that Wawa oh, in a this long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not that it was like, it wasn't like everybody hated me. There were definitely some people that still, I wasn't sure how they felt about me, and I don't even know if they still work there, so, but I didn't recognize anybody when I went in. Probably not. But, anyway, that's a story for a different time. Welcome to huh. Mom Fears My Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me is my father, Alan. Hello there. And, um, yeah, it's been, God, it's been like five weeks since we sat down and talked or something like that because it was it's pretty a, early on in octu- August. Yeah, it's been a August.
1: while. It's been a while.
0: Pretty early on in August we recorded the last podcast, um, which I forgot your copy of, but that one wound up being called Doris Louise. Oh, did it So that, that was, good, since good. that was mostly all about your mom and it was great. It was awesome. I've had a pretty crazy September, so, which is good. It's a good thing. I lined up four shows sort of back to back to sound design and one of those four shows i was also going to I was engineering right. so live mixing oh cool it started in about the third week of august um with tech for shoplifters at 1812 productions up in philly right and teched that for two weeks wrote original music for it and stuff and it It went really well. Like by the by the beginning of the third day of tech, and this never happens. We had teched the entire show, and the director was already talking about. I don't think I'll need designers on Tuesday. If you just want to come to see the preview, that's fine. And like, it never happens. We still had almost twelve days of tech left after that before the show opened. So it just it just went really smoothly, and I started knocking on wood, and you know. Um, and then the next show after that, I, uh, I got to go to shoplifters opening and then the next day I was at act two playhouse, which is an ambler outside Philly, Okay, um, to do according to Goldman, which is a Bruce Graham play. And he's a, he's a really well-known Philadelphia playwright and he's awesome. You would really like, you'd really like his stuff. And so that we started, started doing that. I didn't do original music for that. It was all Fred Astaire stuff it was the music in the background but I wound up having to do video for it which was the first time I ever did video because they they could not find somebody to do video and it was a very simple clip of you know it just had to be an end credits sort of thing that comes up in the guy's classroom Uh, what you had to Make it, he's yeah. To make the well, video, or? yes. But it was um, I just took a still. All I needed was a still. It was basically the end, you know, right. placard that comes right. up, and uh, it's it's the very beginning of the play. Is this placard coming up that says the end? And it's because it takes place in a guy's classroom, and he's he's in a college, do- you know, classroom, talk, okay. teaching about movies, and screenwriting specifically. So all I had to do really was find a, a an image, get an image that the director liked, and then using. Actually, my audio software, which does some video editing but not a lot, um, sort of make it flicker like it was alive on the reel, and add music to it for you know a, a fanfare from the end of a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it just fades to black, and he turns the you know turns the projector off and starts talking to the class. So it was really simple, but it was it technically I've now added a video design good, credit to good my for you, good <laughs> for you. <laughs> That's one really simple thing, but. Uh, and so that all went smoothly. And it was just like terrified now that something terrible was going to happen. Um, and I actually had to skip the opening for that show so we could start tech for Maurice Hines' Tappen Through Life, which is the show that I was designing and running and engineering uh, down at Delaware Theater Company. So I start. Sorry, I'm rambling now, but this is. it's am getting to the good part. I'm getting ready to go into tech for Maurice, and um, I have a meeting for the fourth show that I'm going to be doing, which is at the Walnut Street Theater, the oldest theater, oh, wow. you Walnut know, yeah. yeah, big time, yeah. right, yes, well I'm doing, I was doing original music and sound design for that show as well, but their tech period started during the extension week of Maurice Hines, and everybody at Delaware Theater is like, it's going to get extended, it's going to get extended, It's it's selling really well already. We're planning on doing the extension week. So uh, before I even accepted the contract to do the walnut, I told their production manager and the executive director at DTC, you know, it's a conflict because I'm supposed to be running a show. I really want to sound design this play because I love the play. Shipwrecked is an awesome play. Mm -hmm. And I really want to crack the nut. Like, I want to get into the walnut. So I uh, had backup, had somebody who was going to cover for me for the week, uh, had it confirmed. Uh, went ahead and accepted the contract and that was that that all that actually happened over the summer well (laughs) the the guy cancels on me the day before the production meeting at the walnut and I like start freaking out I even called David Bradley who's the one who directed the act two show because he and I have gotten to be you know good friends and I just called him and I'm like what do I do I've stretched myself too thin I totally screwed up I wanted to do all these projects no so he talked me down off the ledge and then <laughs> it's, then, I, 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 then I, call the, I start calling everybody that I know. And I start emailing all the sound designers. Do you have any engineers that you trust? At this point, I've already gone through the people that I trust. Now I'm asking the people that I trust if they have other people that they trust. Which is, you know, especially when your DTC is workshopping the show to go to Broadway. And the last thing you want to do is have somebody come in and sort of bumble their way through the sound while there's a producer sitting in the audience. I already, um, I can't find anyone everyone's busy with Fringe, which is the big Philadelphia theater show that happens at the end of summer into into fall. You know, everybody does a Fringe show, and it's stuff just comes out of the woodworks. So everybody's busy doing Fringe. And, uh, and I wound up having to call the director first, and then call the production manager at The Walnut, and quit the show. Oh, no. The three days after the first production meeting where I went and told them all my stuff and had the director say, yeah, yeah, I really like the music he's played for me so far, and and i really liked the music because i really liked this show and it's you know it's everything was just very upbeat but then also haunting sort of sea shanty world and i was really into it i was really into writing it so i i have officially quit my first gig ever as a sound designer and it was with the richest theater in philadelphia <laughs> I had my first chance and probably oh, I see the pope left.
1: screwed something else
0: up. <laughs> but it's, I I very much blame the it pope. It was all it was on the pope, yeah. It was all the pope's fault. Now he's gonna mess up parking down at Delaware Theater. Oh my god, yes. Because we are right next to the Amtrak station. Everybody's gonna park at the theater so they can go. Well, anyway, so so uh, all this is going on. So th- this happens, and I, I'm broken up for a couple of days because I really wanted to do the show, and I really don't like letting people down. And even though I had just met the director for this project, sure, you know, we weren't friends or anything. We got along, and we saw the play in the same light, and it was going to be a good collaboration. It was going to be good work, and um, I was being set up for success, and then it all just sort of fell apart. So I go into tech for Maurice, and right off the bat, we have one week of tech. We're starting tech on Friday, the 11th, uh, and then the show opens on Saturday, the 18th or whatever, the 19th. So there's only there's one week of tech and we don't have the band until Monday because the band is a nine piece orchestra that, you know, has other duties and also gets paid very well. So we do sound with just the pianist and the drummer and Maurice Hines on stage as best I can for three days until the band shows up. The band shows up on Monday for three hours and the musical director wanted to just go through the music with everybody because, you know, three of them were new and whatever. So out of a three-hour block, because you can only get them for three hours because of their union. Wow. At a three-hour block, she goes through the music in about an hour and a half, which was great. I thought it was going to take longer. And then, you know, they took a 15-minute break, and I got them to sound check after that. Well, because the set designer is very particular about where everybody sits, we spend a lot of time with where everybody's sitting and where all the wires have to go and all that stuff. And then I did a quick sort of mic check. They played through a song. I balanced them. I'm working on their monitor mix. Right now I'm doing the sound designer job, the A1 job, and the A2 job. And the A2 is the guy who's supposed to be down on the deck (laughs) with the band. So I'm running up and down the steps full on, which is much easier this year than it was last year. Yeah, no wonder
1: you're losing weight. Thank God. No wonder you're losing weight.
0: (laughs) So I'm running up and down the steps doing what the A2 would be doing on the deck and then running up to the board and doing what the A1 should be doing at the board and then running down into the middle of the house to see what it sounds like, which is what the sound designer should be doing. <laughs> so in an hour and a half or an hour and 20 minutes, I get the band sound checked and everything and it's great and they're happy and the people who were there, they were there for the the benefit at the theater, at the DTC benefit last year. So the musical director remembered me, the bass player remembered me and it was good. It was The, the vibe was feeling good again. Now it's Tuesday, and we only have the band for three hours in the afternoon again, because they get a break, because Tuesday night is the invited dress. So I got an hour and a half with the band, and then I now have three hours with the band and Maurice. And things go smoothly. There's no, There are no direct complaints. There are little adjustments. Can you move this in my monitor? Can we change this? Can we do this? And, uh, and so all tech happens. And the director, who was also amazing to work with and a great guy, dismisses everybody after like 2 hours and he's like I just want I want more ease to rest I want the the band sounds fine do you need anything and I'm like no like all it is now really is is practice which we could do but yeah. but I'm no I'm confident I feel good and I did so then Tuesday night show is a preview and it's it's good but it's sloppy And I get notes left and right. You know, I can't hear this in my monitor. I can't hear that. And Maurice is like, I can't hear myself. I'm going to go hoarse already because I'm screaming into the microphone. And I'm like, okay, I I was expecting all of these notes and that's fine. But now I only have Wednesday for a three-hour block to make it right. And now during this time, Maurice is resting his voice. So he's not going. He's not singing full out. And so I'm still trying to balance him. And now they're, yeah. I still can't hear myself. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting feedback. So I think when you're actually singing when you're projecting, you know, it'll, you'll, it'll come through. And so then at this point, the, the rest of the band is like, we can hear everything, but it's still not, it's still not great. So I start to think about how I can repatch the board in order to make the monitor mix better in order to make Maurice's mix cleaner. Like, okay, I can, I can do this. This is a digital board and I set stuff up thinking analog. Let me rework how I'm thinking and, and repatch the board. So in the morning I repatch the entire board. Not necessarily, well, okay, not the inputs, but where everything is being routed so that I can make different groups for the monitors and different groups for Maurice and groups for the house and everything. I'm not changing my sound because it sounded good last night. Well, you get to the preview (laughs) and the first right from the overture, right? The alto saxophone is blaring loud, so loud. I'm like, what happened? And I start flipping through. I have four, four banks of faders on this board. And I start flipping. And I start flipping looking at where the sends are going on the faders. So I can see it plain as day. And I'm doing, I'm going through every bank and every bus route. And everything that's going on on the board. Everything that I changed. I have no idea what's happening. So I turn it down at the gain. I'm like, I go all the way as far back the signal flow as I can. Without pulling the mic off the alto saxophone. Right. And I turn the gain down. And from in the house, from where I'm sitting. All the way in the back of the house. Everything sort of evens out, and the last, you know, hour or so of the show, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, but the last hour and so of the show is good, to me. So I come bopping down the stage, and I'm about to ask Alexa, the alto sax player, well, what was happening? Did you drop your mic in the saxophone? Like, what What happened? And from out of the back, now the everyone bows and goes off stage before this, like, eight minute, um, um. Finale number, like as people are leaving, but most people stay and watch it anyway. So I'm still mixing as the audience is leaving. Maurice has had a chance to be backstage and get dressed. The other actors in the show have gotten dressed and, you know, gotten their notes and they're away. They're talking to the director. They're talking to Bud, who's the head of the theater. And then end music ends, and I come down the steps to talk to Alexa, and from the wing is the director, Jeff. And he's very, very nice, and he's like, um, so Maurice had a problem. He said there was too much saxophone in his monitor. And just like that, it clicked. And I feel stupid. I feel so dumb. Like, oh God, I rerouted. Yes, I had to move pairs of channels because the buses won't do pre or post-fader out of- fader. And I start rattling and then I stop and I look at Jeff and I go, I know exactly what the problem is and I'm so sorry. I can fix it right now, it'll be fixed tonight. And Jeff is just like, good, great, awesome. All right, well, he was really confused. And Jeff walks off and I'm already, I'm like, so I I had to do all this rerouting. And one of the things the band requested was, we want to hear the, I, I didn't have enough outputs for the monitors, okay? So the band wants to hear the trombone separate from the other horns and the alto sax separate from the other saxophones. And I go, great, I actually, I can do that. I can make two buses out of blah, blah, blah. And that's where all this repatching sort of came from. Well, what I forgot to do was change the default setup in the board, because the architecture of the board is this sort of default setup from, from where I had it before, right. this specific mix bus that I used for the alto saxophone used to be what fed Maurice's, Maurice's center monitor. monitor sure. And even though I sent this new mix bus to the monitor mix where it should have been for the alto saxophone, it was still being sent directly <sighs> pre-fader... So at full gain, where none of my movements control the volume of the alto sax, it is just blaring at full volume the entire time through his center speaker. And that is why it was so loud, but I couldn't tell where it was coming from, from the back of the house. Right? So now all this has gone through my mind and I know I realize exactly what I need to fix after 30 seconds of Jeff saying alto sax was too loud in his monitor. And I went, oh my God, out comes bud. Executive director of Delaware Theater Company, the the man. Okay, and he looks more distressed than Jeff does. Okay, and he says, "What the hell was happening with Maurice's monitor?" He's complaining that there was all this saxophone just blaring at him. The people in the front row were looking up, trying to find where the saxophone was coming from. What was happening? I said, "Bud, I'm sorry. I just told, I just told Jeff. I know what happened." And I start to explain it to Bud, and he's like, you, you've got it under control. Yes, I absolutely got it under control. It's fine. So Bud walks away. And I'm like, he had, he had, he had, he must have had everybody in the room. So then I get back and I run into the stage manager. The stage manager then tells me that Maurice, during his quick change, told one of the crew members on the side of the thing, the saxophone is too loud in my center speaker. Word for word. However... The crew had forgotten to set up a headset for me at the soundboard. So I was mixing the entire show without any contact with the rest of the crew. Oh! And there was no way for them to get a hold of me except for Jeremy who tried to text me. And my phone was off. Because I'm a good sound engineer. Yeah, I don't you know. didn't turn your phone off. I mean, it was on silent and Just I wasn't like looking. it in. off here. Right. Is there a saxophone here? No, no there's no, no, saxophone. no saxophone. Not that I hear yet. But let me tell you, I was hearing it in my nightmares for a couple of days. Wow. That's now three now three people as i've as i've tried to walk back to the board to start fixing this problem well number four comes out Maurice, and no he was he went home thankfully that was that was the next day so no number four was andy who is in charge of marketing and stuff but he's he's a he's one of the three musketeers you know he's he's got a a piece of the theater on his back he's a little closer to my age uh and a whole lot more straightforward He comes up to me at the board and he goes, dude, what did you do to Maurice? (laughs) And I was like, oh, look, you're the fifth person to come up to me and ask me, you know, like, just back off. Just leave me alone. And he leans in and he goes, I have never heard a 72-year-old man say the F word so many times as he did back in his dressing room (laughs) talking about the sound guy and the monitor man." Oh, Christ. That's And I
1: must have lost... This is like sacked in a single old fart or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you just named the episode. Oh, my. I, I, I must have lost all color. Because now, Jeff Calhoun, Broadway director, very diplomatic. In his approach to me about what was happening in the dressing room. Bud, like I said, a little more frazzled, but he's got a lot more on the line. Jeff gets his paycheck, and when he's done, yeah, his name's on it, but he gets to leave after opening. Bud comes out a little more frazzled and still diplomatic executive director. Kept his, kept his tie up. Stage manager, again, just doing my business. Here's what I heard third-hand. Probably from Bud or Jeff. Went to the stage manager to tell them, Andy, no, Andy was in the room with them. And he just leveled with me. Dude, he was cussing you. Oh, good. Great. Legendary Broadway star. Yeah. I am now the worst sound man that he has ever had (laughs) in his entire life. Because dumbass doesn't even know how to turn the saxophone down in the star's monitor. To which I had to then assure him the next day. So after all this, I fix the problem. Maurice and I, you know, I I find him, and we we talk, and I apologize, I just over and over and over apologize, you know. But I'm also not, I'm also trying to not stick my tail between my legs, you know. And I'm trying really hard not to say if I had someone on stage helping me, if I had a headset, like I'm trying not to throw all these excuses out because he doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear that I know what the problem was, I fixed it, and I'm sorry. And that's basically what I said, and he accepted it, and you know, we're cool. He said, beards have to look out for other beards. So, which I thought there might've been a subtext to that, yeah, but right, I, 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 I still took it as, you know, as that we were back on good terms, but at, that was, so that was the very first preview. That was actually Wednesday night. I, that was after. So the very first preview, Thursday, it's fine. Everything's fine. It was good. Friday, everything's good. You know, I see him on opening and I say, you know, happy opening. I said, you know, how was, how was Friday night? It was good. He's like, the show's great. He's like, it sounds great. I'm really happy with it. I was like, all right, thank you. Because like the divas already, that's the nine-piece orchestra. The divas already really like what I've done. They're very happy with the adjustments that I made for them. Alto sax player's never been happier because she was blasted. <laughs> she was rocking. I hurt myself all night. I know you did. Yeah.
1: It's because there was a speaker. So now this new garage band that you're working for. What? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> It's, Is
0: that a backstreet or yes, like, a okay. uh, uh, so yeah, that was my um that was my adventures uh in theater for September. So now I, I uh am am with the show, I'm with Maurice Hines until October eleventh. I do not get to do shipwrecked. It went into tech on it will go into tech on October first. But I'm very happy. I like um I like DTC. Like I like being not only just because it's close to home, although that's great after so many years of driving, you know, over an hour to get to work or whatever. But I really, I really like it there. I think there's a lot of stuff that I can do, and there's a lot of work that hopefully I will continue to get, despite the fact that right now I, I guarantee that my boss, who does listen to this podcast, um, would well, the other, they're like the real boss. She is probably squeezing her steering wheel, oh yeah, waiting for me to say something that I shouldn't say. Oh okay which I don't really I don't think I have anything to say that I shouldn't say because I I I think that Maurice or Mr. Hines sister <laughs> yeah, yes. even though I call him Maurice I think I think he had every right to be as upset as he was not knowing what was going on and not having the problem fixed after he told someone on the crew that about the problem um but then sort of after I explained everything he was he was cool and so I think he was completely in his own I think he was in the right to be as angry as he was, no matter how many f bombs he threw out there. <laughs> but I just loved the slow and steady progression of how I found out what was happening in the green. Room. He's like, "Oh yeah, the kids were in the green room too. There's kids in there with their moms, and <laughs> oh good, good." Oh wow! Oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh, so wonderful. So I'm 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 still uh, supposed to go back and do Diner. Um, my plan is to somehow piss off Cheryl Crow as, oh, b- <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um,
1: as best I can. You can get the ukulele too loud in her, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll go all, all the way up. All the way up. Turn to uke, turn to you all the way up and, uh, uh, will you get another chance at the nut or not?
0: I, you know, I don't know. Um, so when I talked to David Bradley, David Bradley's really good friends with the production manager. So David Bradley's really good friends with him and said that oh no you know Joel's a good guy and like you'll you'll probably get another chance these things happen like you know he said I've been doing this for you know x number of years and uh, I'm still trying to get it right like you know you uh you try and you try and do the stuff that's really close to your heart and you try and take as much work as you can when you get it as well um and I said yeah I felt like I did the responsible well, it was a prior commitment and eh? If they, they wanted to extend it, that's that's not your fault. No, no. I mean, that wasn't on you. But and even the first two days of tech would have been during the regular run anyway. It didn't officially close until the fourth. So even if it hadn't extended, I would have missed the first weekend of tech, which is crucial. And this play, like Shipwrecked, uh, very specifically has Foley in it, like live mm-hmm. sound that is made on stage right. in conjunction with sound effects playing, in conjunction with music and sometimes live music. And it's a very sort of... I don't know, trippy, ethereal play to do, which is part of the reason why I really wanted to do it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's possible. I I know that uh, the director for Shipwreck Jesse, he was really nice and he was really upset that I couldn't be there because he liked what I was doing and he wanted to, to work with it. And when I called Siobhan, like, she was just unsympathetic. She was, like, I told her, and she was like, well, then we're going to have to find somebody else, because you can't do tech. And I was like, I'm really sorry. And she was like, yep, bye. Oh, well, Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, uh, I I get that, too. Like, it makes her look bad. The person that she got to do the job bailed. But yeah, I tried, and I lost, the, oh, God, I lost so much sleep. I lost so much sleep over all of it, all the different things. It was the one good thing about the alto sax, is that, um, so after all this, and I, when I went home just feeling awful, so I told her the story, and, uh, without a single moment's hesitation, when I explained that the alto sax was blaring in his center speaker pre-fader at full volume with no control from me, she burst into hysterical oh, yeah, laughter. laughter. Yeah, that would be her. And that that would that's, be her. and that's when... I felt a lot better about it. Like, that was the moment that I was like, okay, all right, good. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be fun. It's great. (laughs) The orchestra will go away probably thinking that I'm, like, a fantastic sound guy. And Morris will be like, just don't do it like Delaware Theater does. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do it where you you put all the loudest instruments in the monitor. I don't like that. Which was piano and his voice is the only thing that's in those monitors. Unless there's a. That's, that's what oh, you're supposed a, to have, yeah. you're saying. Yeah, okay. Too much sacks in my monitor. I'm like, any is too much. Yeah, Please any. explain. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. Way to screw up the big name star. Right? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> last, last season, I had Duncan Sheik. You remember Duncan, Duncan Sheik? Oh, no, yeah, Duncan Sheik. Yeah, Oh Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> I, I had him come up to me and say, is the dog trainer asking you to turn the volume down? And I was like, that's, that's going in my book. <laughs> I'll never hear that again. No. Um, so I don't know, just some of those just those things that I think I understand why. I, audio engineering was there was somebody shared an article with me on Facebook that audio engineering is a, one of the most miserable jobs has the most miserable people doing sound engineering. and I said, I kind of understand why, except I'm, I'm too happy not doing the jobs that I used to do. You know, I'm too happy not delivering pizza or working in a warehouse. Oh yeah. Well, to, to be, to be that pissy about it. Yeah. Like it is frustrating though when, because you have to take the time to sometimes educate people and say, no, like if this was a rock show, I would put expensive wedges directly in front of you on the floor so that the microphone was never pointed at them and there was no feedback but i have to be sneaky and i have to hide you know i have to hang monitors on booms and put them above you and there's only a certain amount of volume you're going to get before it starts feeding back feedback yeah, sure. so i'm sorry i didn't let you talk at all but that's okay because now it's time for dad fears my trivia wow already wow (laughs) i just figured it was a nice segue oh okay um okay we could talk about something else. Heinz, oh. Heinz, and Dad. Heinz, Heinz and Dad. That's my next that's my first answer. <laughs> Very good. You know what? Correct. So two of day. I'm gonna give you a, <laughs> Yes. I'm gonna give you a bonus point for that. Okay. That is not on my list. Whatever. But um, well, Yeah, that's from, I really want you to come see the show, by the way. Um, I know mom's mom and, and family and everybody are coming Saturday night, but it's till now. October eleventh and I don't know even if it's just you and you sit in the back with me at the sound booth, or in the... I mean, I'm directly behind the seats. So you can sit in the seat in front of me, too, if you want. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we don't have to sit at the sound booth. Yeah. But, um... I don't want to be think... there. Too many people mad at you there. <laughs> you don't, don't have don't to, to be... associate with I,
1: I don't know this guy. He just got me this great ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Row double Z. Um... <laughs> got me a great ticket.
0: Just because I, I think you will be... Uh, I think you would love the Diva Orchestra. They they are amazing players, especially uh, the piano player. She's she's pretty incredible. And she doesn't really get to shine until the end, but the whole last number is her just banging right, away right. on this piano, yeah. The Diva workers, I assume they're all women. Yes. No, yeah, same. the Diva Jazz. Yeah, that, you get another point. Another point. There we go. <laughs> no, now we have to actually start. Okay. Um, today uh, as I add it to my list, um, today you are playing for none other than Karen Kilpatrick. Wow. Master hair cutter. <laughs> Master hair cutter. Mistress
1: hair cutter. No, that doesn't sound good.
0: No, that doesn't, no. gonna no, so. we'll figure out what that is in, like, French. It's and French. maybe that, <laughs> that'll probably sound worse. Yeah. So, you will be playing for some fabulous prize for Karen Kilpatrick. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Oh, no. Okay. I'm out. See ya. Okay. <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies. Got their name in 1890. What were they previously called? Before they were the Phillies, they were good, (laughs) (laughs) better ball players. (laughs) Give me a half point for each of those. Uh, The Philadelphia Quakers Uh, is what their team was uh, called. Number two. Okay. How many Quentin Tarantino movies has Tim Roth been in? Pulp Fiction one.
1: Was Kill Bill Quentin Tarantino? It was. Was he in that? He was not. He was not? Okay. Alright. Pulp Fiction is the only one I can think of.
0: Alright. Pulp Fiction is correct. Um, The total is three. He was in Four Rooms, Pulp Fiction, and he was Mr. Orange in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, of
1: course he was. Okay, Reservoir Dogs. I should have had that one.
0: And soon it will be four, because he, according to IMDB, he has a role in The Hateful Eight, which is Tarantino's new cowboy movie that's coming out. Hateful Eight? The Hateful Eight. Uh, he shot it in 70mm, so it's getting a limited release in a couple of theaters that are the only ones who can do 70mm, right. and then they're doing a 35mm version oh, of it good. cut down. Good. But yeah, it's supposed to be awesome. Uh, number three. What is the only metal that is liquid at room temperature? Mercury. Correct. Was too easy. That was too easy. Number four. Let me get it wrong and then I'll, I'll you. Here you go. Try this one. Okay. What was the first song that the Beatles performed live for an audience in America? And I can give you a hint, but you probably already know the hint. So I know the hint. <laughs> it, it would have been the first song, song. performed on The Ed it's Sullivan show, show, February 9th, 64. Mm-hmm. Whatever the first song of that set was. Love Me Do. No. Okay. So close. All My Lovin'. All My Lovin'. The other love song. Yes. They were all love songs. That's right. It's a song about holding hands. Number five. Who would win in a fight between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone? Oh, Schwarzenegger. Okay. Schwarzenegger. Yeah? Yeah. Correct. Sure. Why not? I thought Stallone. Why would you think him? I don't know. He just seems scrappier. Um, I mean, if it was a neck-squeezing contest, I'd have to think Arnold would win. Yeah, but if
1: Arnold got a hold of him...
0: That's true. I mean, he's got... You know, he was Mr. Olympia or something. Yeah, Mr. Mr. I, Olympia. Yeah. All right, you get a point for that oh, one, too. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I can make up stuff all day. <laughs> Number six. True or false. The first battery was invented by count volta. That sounds that sounds made
1: up. That sounds made up, but I'm going to say yes.
0: True. All it right, is true. Count Alessandro Volta, Volta, created the first wow. invented the first well. battery.
1: His daughter ever ready. you <laughs> know her? Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows her. Knows everybody knows ever ready.
0: All right. French. Uh-huh. Say French. French. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, why do bubbles pop?
1: Because they can't dance. I don't know. Why do bubbles pop? The um,
0: This is a real scientific answer I'm looking the, for.
1: Air pressure on the outside becomes greater as they raise up and the uh, and, uh, air pressure pops a bubble from the outside.
0: No. No. Wrong. <laughs> of course not. No. I have no clue. They dry up in ah. the surrounding air. They actually pop because they dry up in the air.
1: And the air pressure knocks them out. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Why do bubbles pop? What
0: the hell? Number eight. Yes. Thank God. The American Film Institute dubbed what holiday classic the most inspirational movie of all time?
1: Probably not Christmas Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) The one with uh, Jimmy Stewart in it, the... uh
0: sorry, I can't accept that. Yes, answer. you can. What's the
1: name of the movie? Bells of St. Mary. No, that, that wasn't That wasn't Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart, where he got to go back and see what, he, what his life would have been like. I'll give you some lines out of it, even. I can't think of the name of the movie. It's A Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life, yes. that's the one. You are correct. Jimmy you. Stewart. You get a point it's, for
0: it's, Okay, thank you. <clears throat> I actually got to use... Um, uh, nope, that's the wrong movie. That's Miracle on 34th Street. I'll tell that story some other time. Mm. (laughs) Number nine. Okay. (laughs) Number nine. Was that going to come up
1: soon? No. (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street? Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. I was thinking about the clip that I used for uh, According to Goldman, because in the end, they sit down and they're watching TV together, and it's it's Miracle on 34th Street. And for some reason. That's what Holiday Classic made me think about, okay. but it's the okay. wrong movie, so okay. it's pointless to tell the story that I just told. Okay. I can cut it all out. Please. Number nine. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Ah. Um, approximately 25 miles per hour. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, according to according to the website that I went to, okay. um, which this I don't is Monty really, Python's website. No, yeah. no. This is somebody that you know did a study on purpose because of that. Because of that. Um, apparently, there's not enough data on African swallows (laughs) to to tell the difference. But according to data taken from European swallows, basically what they're looking for is how fast can a swallow fly if it's not carrying anything? And the answer is approximately 25 miles per hour. Okay. All right, number 10. How many sound engineers does it take to put a saxophone in a Broadway legend's vocal monitor for an entire show? Only one. Just one. (laughs) Just one. Just Just one. one. one And... That's me.
1: Just a Broadway legends here, you know. Not, to... <laughs> Not like John from down the street. No, it's gotta be Maurice Hines.
0: <laughs> He's the one that I have to He's up. the one. Oh, so that was that wasn't bad. Oh, it's got a sucked. few of them. <laughs> I was I'm surprised with Arnold and now I really wanna see them fight. Because in my head I'm thinking, Well Stallone had to train a lot for, you know, Rocky and all that stuff. Like he actually I mean, probably could take a couple of hits, and you know. Do you ever see the Expendables? They fight in the Expendables. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, You're no, right. I wouldn't. Of I do.
1: I wouldn't want either. One of them mad at me,
0: but. No. No. But, uh, um. I'm sure Karen has a lovely prize on the way.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she does. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. More from
1: the turtle collection, I assume. Yes. More from the turtles. Okay. There's still plenty oh, okay. of turtles to Very go. good. Mm. I thought I'd extra week maybe we're run out of no okay
0: (laughs) no I went uh, I actually have I still have two to deliver Uh I still have to give Brian his prize and Lee but I just most of the time I just want to deliver them in person I don't want to have to I don't want to have to mail them to somebody although I did I did mail one or two already you FedEx a turtle Mm Mm-hmm. that even sounds dirty (laughs) FedEx the turtle Yeah. yeah Yeah, man. So yeah, I don't know. i sorry I monopolized that conversation. No, that's. A... I can. We might as well get it all out of the way because one of the other stories that I wanted to tell you, hopefully this one I can shorten a little bit. But as you know, we're looking for a new house. Right. And it's mostly because we're looking for a new neighborhood. Yes. Um. And I mean, need a new neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. And we have we have sort of outgrown our little thousand square foot house. So we've been just so everybody can be up to speed kind of had a bad feeling when i saw a bunch of you know people who were too old to be in the park just hanging out in the park together you know smoking cigarettes it's usually like i didn't want to feel like you know those whippersnappers smoking their cigarettes in the park but they very clearly were all career criminals um (laughs) and (laughs) um, drug activity increased exponentially in the six years that we've lived in this house there's one like little irish guy named and everyone in the neighborhood knows him because they've known him since he was a kid they all call him young boy and like everybody looks out for him they don't want him to get hurt or do anything bad but he's just like fell really far into heroin and oh, using and dealing and trying to be a go-between just to get free stuff and all this you know uh, this, all this I know because Will was the same age as his daughter, and they would play together in the park, and, except it was never there, it was always her grandfather, his dad, Pop-Pop, who's like an old biker, and, you know, is just trying to do right by the little girl, and he knows his son is a junkie, so all this stuff we pretty much learned about from his father. <laughs> that
1: just sounds like an episode of, uh, I don't know, Sons of Anarchy or something. What, what?
0: Yes, this is... It is. there. So then, then there's this woman uh, two doors down from us, just just two houses down, who um, used to try and bum money off our immediate neighbor right next to us, um, used to be friends with the people across the street, and then started messing around with her man, and she got mad, so they started fighting, and now they don't go together anymore. And then she started hanging out with more, and then her house became a hub. Like, people were walking through the park, behind our houses, you know, with, where the park sort of extends behind the houses right. to get to her back fence. would walk people back and forth from the park to her house. You know, as in, like, having lookouts for, you know, there n- wasn't much police activity in the neighborhood until we started calling the police on people in the neighborhood. And it was never on people who were just, like, I don't know, hanging out or, you know, in the park or whatever. But as soon as they start like, th- our neighbors have seen people shooting up in the park, sitting directly behind the chain-link fence off their property. Like, sitting where you can't be seen from the street, but if you're in your backyard, you're looking right at them, shooting up in the park. <laughs> so we finally started, then then there started being guys who would drive up to the house, and the woman would leave the house, get in the passenger side of the car, spend some time there, and then go back to the house, and the guy would drive away. <laughs> so this has now been escalating for since since the, the end of the spring really really it's been this year that everything has just sort of gone crazy and we've had the county sheriff out we called people on the condition of her house because she stopped mowing there are broken windows they took her kid away from her called child protective services long ago because she had a five-year-old that she would leave like let play in the street and he would come he would climb over fences into people's yards and ask them for food and like it was crazy and to the point where we actually so we had the father of this kid come to our house one day and knock on the front door and so st- because he was asking around like who called child protective services like i just i just need to know like so went through this whole dialogue with him like dude i'm sorry i don't i don't know i don't know what to tell you except that we see it too so it could have been anybody on this block because there's not good stuff happening in the house that you've paid for you know and then he says to me she can't lose the kid because I don't have time to take care of him. And that's when I was like, "All right, you can go now." Yeah, like, please. you could yeah, see yeah, him. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, I I am going to call child protective services now because I want you both to lose him. Yeah. Like,
1: I don't Yeah. Yeah, let's find a let's find a family of wolves or something that needs a 5-year-old kid then or something. <laughs> get her, <take laughs> yeah. it away from all of them. Yeah. You have got to get to
0: hell. I know. How do that? And we and we have like we we have everything in motion, um, and we're just trying... We're just looking for houses. We started looking, you know, closer to Katie's work, but still close enough to Delaware that, yeah. you know, they uh, want to keep going back to Delaware Theater. Well, sure you do. Of course you do. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is... Now, but here's the best part. Oh, so, the best part? Yes. Last week when I was in tech, Katie texts me as I'm leaving, coming home, and she says, they just... Somebody just got pulled out of the car on the front yard. He's blue, and they're calling the paramedics. They pulled a guy who OD'd out of the passenger seat of a car. Uh, The paramedics got there and brought him back to life. For what reason? reason? Um, And who was with him in the car? Who called the police so the paramedics could get there? So I, you know, I got to the, and I told, I told Katie too, I said, I really, I'm really having a hard time, I'm really having a hard time not turning into Batman. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm ready to say the park is mine. Yeah. And take yeah. it back. <laughs> Who lives across the street from the prostituting junkie, uh, and they used to be friends and all that, <laughs> started giving her a hard time. I started calling her Batwoman, because she went over to her house with a lead pipe and started beating on the door to get her, because they've got a little grandchild, and, like, she wants her out of this neighborhood, and blah, blah, blah. And this woman called the cops on sure, her. <laughs> and sure. told them, like, we can evict you if you bother her, or break and enter, you know? Like, so, t- t- the two of them would just go back. And finally, she's like, fine, then, I'll let the police handle it. you do, yourself. And so, a couple of times now, we've been asked to report suspicious activity, and then... <laughs> Also, report back to the sheriff, because according to the sheriff, they said, like, we know what's going on here now. We're building a case, and and every time you call, it moves up in priority. And there's a part of me that's like, I have heard that before. Yeah. and uh, You're on my speed dial. Yeah. So now we're just, we're definitely looking to, to get out and get away. I don't know. It is one of, like, everybody who lives in that neighborhood who's over 40 talks about how the neighborhood used to be 20 years ago, and I totally, and I get it. It's all the kids, it's all the kids that sort of came up together at the same time, and for whatever reason, they all decided to get into this. Probably because it's cheaper than anything now. And it's just, like, six of them, six of these guys went to jail last year, all at the same time, on the same day, were arrested for either possession, selling, or breaking and entering. Half of them were arrested for breaking and entering into their relatives' house, like aunts and grandmothers and stuff yeah this woman reported her tv and playstation all this stuff stolen and it was all stuff that she sold like <laughs> all stuff she sold and then she reported it stolen oh, oh she sold it yeah okay okay so it's it's like it has it has escalated quickly i don't let the kids play at the park anymore because no. i'm always afraid they'll you know step on a needle or something so yeah there's a part of me that really just wants to start ringing people's necks and i can't because when when this woman Started fighting back they started throwing stuff at her house like in her pool like junkies in the middle of the night would throw stuff in her pool and at her windows (laughs) it's like i'm not i'm not gonna risk like a brick or a rock coming through my window while my kids are playing i said we're just gonna move and we're gonna move before we sell the house like i know we're gonna we're gonna wind up going bankrupt trying to sell this house and we're just gonna throw whatever price tag we can on it and just be like buy it we put in new floors We redid the porch, we put in a new chimney, we put a new washer-dryer, we put in new floors in the other room, like, take it. (laughs) We put $30,000 worth of work into it, we're gonna take $30,000 off the price. Yeah. It's dumb, it's not like it's a dangerous neighborhood, per se, it's just, it's just addiction, and I actually, I mean, I have a couple of, I've had a couple of friends. I have one who overcame a heroin addiction that he, you know... Very yeah. and, is, and is doing really well these days And I have another friend that I haven't heard of Since the Wawa days Because last I knew he got out of jail on a Friday Wrecked a car on a Sunday Because he was high and went back to jail That was the last I heard of him <laughs> So 50-50 on that note Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, not really a cheery nah, way to end Gotta leave, leave everybody smiling you know, yeah. um, I figured we could end with a tap number Yes So much tapping <laughs> there was even tap dancing in the Act 2 show. Oh, really? Yep. Yep, because it was about Fred Astaire. Uh, well, the kid who was in the show wanted to wanted to be like Fred Astaire. So there's a tap number in it and everything, and then I went to the tapping. I'm like, really? This This September was amazing because I didn't really seek out any of these jobs. Like, it uh-huh. was all people who came to me because I either worked with them before and they were doing a new project, or... You know, the, the guy they really wanted quit, and so they called me. Right. But I'm number two on their... And that's great, because <laughs> that's <laughs> sometimes the guy who quit is really good, and yeah. I, I'm glad that I'm next on the list.
1: Um, that's what the guy over at The Nut is saying right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, The guy, oh, to, yeah. guy to quit this job was really good. <laughs>
0: except, <And> with, uh, <laughs> except with
1: Maurice. I don't know. <laughs> except,
0: you know what he can't do? Monitor mixing. Monitor mixing. Not, not while I'm mixing a show, well, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the city. Oh.
1: There
0: we go. <laughs> Keep on coming. Yeah. Oh, I, um, um, it's such a, it was such analog thinking on a digital board. I was like, what? I rerouted the bus. Yeah, Obviously yeah. it's going here now. Oh no, the bus just split in half magically and is going to the the old output and the new output. Oh, good times. Well, I have plenty of time to make more mistakes like that. And sure. Our- yeah I'm excited to keep doing what I'm doing and excited for other other stuff that's coming up so just don't don't let your next mistake be staying in that neighborhood too damn long no i won't I won't we're really like we're out of there every chance we get um every chance we get we go somewhere else to play or we you know. Will's going to school in Kennett, so that's, we spend a lot of time there. That's not the way it should be, though, you know. You buy a house to uh, spend time in it, you know.
1: Yeah. Or what time you have to spend in it, you know. I know you're both busy, but, yeah. you know, you like to come home. You, know? you come home, and then you find somewhere to go where you don't have to look out the window and see what's going on. <laughs> blue people on the, yeah. you know, blue man group on the lawn, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, what was he, what's, his, what's the kid's name again? Young boy young boy, young boy yes yeah, yeah 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 watch him uh, driving a car. that's good. Yeah that's good. All right son mm. Well yeah I'm glad you're back to uh, I'm glad you're back to good graces with uh, Maurice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am I am at least I hope so. Did he rip the earpiece out of his ear? No, <laughs> no, you know? he doesn't. That's that was the thing with the feedback. He doesn't use the earpiece. Oh, no, he, he doesn't. doesn't want. He doesn't want body mics. Mm. He doesn't want in ear monitors. He doesn't want any of that. That's why I had to get crazy. But the set designer doesn't want monitors on the stage, so I had to hang stuff. I had right. to hang stuff that you know you don't you can't really hang wedges, and the wedges that we had were not great. Mm. So I hung the best speakers that we had that I know how to control, and I was like, "Here's your best shot. I'm going to give you three speakers and." Two of them are going to be saxophone. Two of them are going to be sax. <laughs> <laughs> One might have some piano yeah. in it. So I'm done the show on the 11th. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get a chance to chat in October. I'll try and do it soon after the 11th. We can start moving the date up. I'm hoping by New Year's Day next year we can release a podcast on the first of the month every month. Oh, so we can just record it any time during of the month and, and then bank it to release on the first. Well, thanks, Dad. Okay,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Anytime. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Alright, bye. Bye.
1: I can make up stuff all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Almost said the S word. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You're allowed to. I'll just mark it explicit. Oh, okay. And um, we won't let Lindsay listen to it. Yeah.